Okay, apparently that's the ISIS anthem. I mean, it has a strong beat with it. Well, that makes me think, what if countries, like, decided, like, what if we decided to, like, hey, it's time for a new national anthem? Well, I, I honestly do think that it is time for a new national anthem, because I think that our national anthem sucks, but I think that we have our, we have a great national anthem, it's called America the Beautiful, and that should be our national anthem. I think that's a much better, much more beautiful song, and that should be our national anthem. That's Woody Guthrie, right? Yeah, no, Woody Guthrie is, uh... Oh, oh. Um... <laughs> yeah, that other one. Uh... uh uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I drawing such a blank? Um, per- Not purple. No. Damn it! Oh God, because I know because it's because uh, my my nephew enjoyed the, the hell out of this song uh, when he was like three. Uh, Woody Guthrie. <laughs> This, this is, land is your land. This is land. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's Woody Guthrie. No. This land. America the Beautiful, I believe, is, is Gershwin. I think it's Gershwin. Really? I think so. Okay. Let me look it up. And America the Beautiful, that's different from... I'm trying to remember all the songs we sang as a kid. No, Samuel A. Ward is the name of the guy. Uh, so... Is America America? I can't. Oh, beautiful, four stages, guys, and amber waves right. of green, purple mountains, majesties across the, the fruited, fruited plain. America, America, God spread His grace on thee, okay. and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Okay, right. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Much better song than an old fucking drinking song, which is what the actual yeah. anthem is—an English drinking song. Yeah, well, all our stuff are English. I mean, let's oh, face sure. it. But put to a poem, put to a Francis Scott Key poem based around the War of eighteen twelve—a completely which unnecessary. We fucking war, lost. Which we lost. <laughs> which Washington? They burned Washington. Yeah. Fucking marketing. And not only that, it's a hard song to sing. It's a really hard song to sing. Mm-hmm. It has like three different keys in it. It's, it's, it's registers, <laughs> registers. Right? Yeah, Register. it's, it's it's yeah. So you have to you have to be a really good singer in order to really master that song. Like Suzanne Barr. No, like like Whitney Houston. She did an amazing version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Suzanne Barr. <laughs> Is it Suzanne her sister? I have no idea. Or her wife? I don't know. No idea. Speaking of which, so we haven't been on since the big court things have gone down. Yeah. So yeah, now you can get married no matter what in all 50 states. Great. We already had a, a injunction on Pennsylvania that said you could, so it wasn't a big deal for us. But it's great for the 13 or so states where there wasn't a court injunction. I mean, we've t- I've it's talked... Great, it's great for the U.S. That, that it's not an issue anymore. You know, I feel, we've talked about this not so long ago, this is no different than uh, mixed... Ma- or 
what's the word I'm looking for? But interracial. Interracial marriage, yeah. I mean, intersexual marriage or homosexual marriage. And I hate to say homosexual because it's such a loaded term, but yeah. it's, it's still it's, the right term, right? It, I mean, uh, it's um, same sex. You could say same sex, sex marriage as opposed to homosexual. Sa- yeah, yeah. Same sex marriage is less loaded. But you know, for me, it's the same as interracial. I try. I talk to my mom about this. I'm like, sh- sure, you you might not like seeing the girls kiss on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, but do you think there should be a law forbidding them from getting married? You know, I was trying to like talk. It's about, you know being comfortable with it. And, and do you think those people should be have a law against what they want to do? Are two different things. Well, my biggest problem with it was that it was it, it, it resided. The only reason why people were blocking it, the only reason was one of two. There are two reasons. One was a purely religious thing, which is fine, but your religion should play no part in politics, in particular, in, in, in how in how the government deals with with with, uh, with these rules. But and if the that's one, their if that's their view of the universe, it, I'll get to that. But okay. but the the, the the second view, the only other possible objection was, "Ill, that's grody." Now, "Ill, that's grody" is never held up. And it should never hold up. Ill that scrody doesn't matter. Ill that scrody is your own personal perception of things. And as long as ill that grody doesn't hurt you, ill that grody, I mean, who so, cares? So what, we talked last week. We talked last week about how you know gravity as an example of a bowling ball on a sheet. Right? It's kind of taking out a dimension. It's kind of using an analogy to kind of illustrate it. It's a poor analogy, as, it's it, a as poor, it turns out. Uh, yes. For yes. We talked about that last week, plenty. But, you know, I think the analogy to my parents' generation, to especially my parents in particular, interracial versus same sex I think yeah is the same kind of analogy, right? Because it, it, it takes a dimension or at least steps back because I don't think my parents they've seen enough interracial over the last fifty years that it is not new and scary anymore. Mm hmm. And you can draw a comparison to say the interracial couple and the same sex couple are how how are they any different? You know, that's my argument to anyone is how right. are they different? Oh, God says that they shouldn't do well go back to the fifties and sixties and there were plenty of religious people saying that interracial is against God. Against sure. God. And it kind of is. If, if you go back to the Old Testament, I see nothing in there that says anything about these. Well, men could take wives from from conquered tribes, but that there's the Old Testament is, is full of nonsense. I mean, it's a great book if you're looking at if if you if you want to look at a sort of mythic version of the world where uh, a particular not the one god let's let's face let's face facts here the old testament was written when yahweh was for the most part when yahweh was a a part of a pantheon of gods a war god who walked around like he was another person essentially and wrestled with people and did stuff like that the old testament is very much like uh like, like the greek stuff of, of of the time where there are heroes and, and myths and stuff and there, there's lots of very interesting stuff going on in mm-hmm. there but it's not it's not at all with what what people would have you believe it is now um regardless the the religious objection what is fine as long as the religious people accept 
that this thing has turned into a very public law enforced thing and this and once we have something that is public and law enforced it is no longer a part of the religious establishment the religious establishment cannot make the rules for it anymore that's the whole point of the second amendment or of the first amendment that the religious establishment the religious establishment as long as once things become a, mar, a matter of public consciousness the religious establishment has no say in it you can call the religious version of marriage whatever you want call it schmarriage call it Call it schmooshy schmoosh and say gay people can't get schmooshy schmoosh and that's fine. The problem is, well, what about all the tax benefits and the the benefits you get uh, legally and all that other stuff that comes from marriage that we're denying to people simply because we because because there's a religious objection to it. The religious objection doesn't does not play in that in in that society. It it, it doesn't play in that law. Mm-hmm. It can't. There's a constitutional objection to that playing in that law. So yeah, have your religious marriage and say you can't have gay people married under the church. Okay, but we have to allow people to partner up in this situation because we do it for other people that have nothing. It does nothing to do with reproduction. We can't use that as an excuse. It's so so related to this. My Twitter feed it was was all rainbows. Love wins. Yeah, right. You know, it was it was I saw no negative reaction. Heather's Facebook friends? Facebook is way different than Twitter. But like I'm like you need new friends. Like she's like shit is blowing up. One of her friends posted, you know, here in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's been raining the last three days because God's crying about the Supreme Court decision. (laughs) And she, like, there was, like, outrage on Heather's Facebook about gay marriage, about same-sex marriage. You can, you can... I'm like, Heather, you're following the wrong fucking people. Well, that's the problem with Facebook, is that Facebook, you can't just... Pick, pick apart the people who you're following like you can with Twitter. You can just... Because people... In, the nice thing about Twitter is people can follow you without you necessarily following them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think in Facebook, once mm-hmm. you're connected to somebody, you see their updates, they see your updates. It's it's a two-way street, I believe. Well, you can block people or block your updates to people. But then... But, like, you can... You can follow... In Twitter, you can follow who you want to and the people who mm-hmm. follow you follow can follow you. You don't have to follow them to follow you. Mm-hmm. For them right. to follow you, right. that's the beauty. You can take apart your, you can separate out who you're following uh, from who follows you. You don't have to. You don't have to listen to. Yeah, you don't have to listen to everybody who talk, who follows you. And you don't have to right. talk. To but even mean, even on my Facebook, follow. I I saw no hate. I'm like, well, yeah, then that's, I mean, well, you know, that's, it's, that's unquestionable <laughs> Twitter, you know, questionable Facebook following is what that is. It's, uh, but, you know, it's like, that's it why so, I don't go on Facebook. It was such you, a strange dichotomy. I'm like, my circles are overwhelmingly positive on this stuff. I saw, actually, no, I lie. I saw one uh, a kid that I was in scouts with who lives in South Carolina now and running for sheriff. Um, he posted about, I almost commented on his post because he's like, it was right after the SpaceX thing, mm-hmm. 
And he's like, America can't even get off the launch pad, and Russia and Japan and China are launching things into orbit. And but but that was just the launch his launch pad to get into yeah. everything else. And the only thing I cared about was his mischaracterization of how hard it is to get stuff into orbit. Also, that and, you know the Russian one before this failed, so he's not even uh, giving yeah. accurate. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and SpaceX has launched what fourteen missions, and this is the first failure. I mean, that's not bad in the space launch business. Space launch is is a, is a situation where you expect to have failures. If you don't have failures, then you're probably looking. You're probably you're, done something wrong, <laughs> and you're going to have a failure down the line that's going to be much worse. I mean, it's it, this. This is why this is usually the parlance of government to do this sort of space exploration because it's it's expensive, and doing it it means you're going to fail. They're building on. They they have the ability to build on stuff that's already been made. So they have that, you know, that, that knowledge has been gained. Mm-hmm. That's nice. They're not doing this out of the blue. <laughs> They're launching stuff. The launching stuff is something that we've kind of we've kind of nailed down to a pretty decent science. But there are still issues with. I mean, it's still a, a technological problem where a hundred to a thousand things have to go right for everything to work right, and it's not like. It was, and and you can't go up there and fix it if something goes wrong. You have was, four minutes for shit to go right. It was interesting the response I saw on my Twitter feed about the SpaceX thing. Like a lot of people, maybe they weren't proactively paying attention, but they were definitely retroactively paying attention. You know, oh, what a bummer for SpaceX. You know, that kind of thing. And you know, I I think that even the the awareness of the disaster. Is good for the whole thing. Maybe yeah. I mean the bummer for SpaceX would be if this happens five times in a row, happening and happening once with, you know. I mean, but look what I mean. Okay, so there was what 125 space shuttle missions. Yeah. And three failures. Yeah. Three. Challenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. With Challenger, um, Columbia, Columbia, and. Or was it just two? Was, it was there another two? one? Might have been just two. I know there's definitely Challenger Columbia. Yeah. I guess two. 125 missions. So, I mean, but it's hard to predict the... It, the sample sizes are so low for space launches, mm-hmm. it's hard to, to determine the reliability of these systems. And they're so complex. They're amazingly complex. Yeah. And uh, Before the LHC was built, probably the space shuttle was one of the most... Fantastic machines! Oh, the most complex machines in yeah. the world. Yeah. The the space engine or the space shuttle's um, engine, the rocket engines. They had three of them. That you know, the tr- oh, I remember watching a documentary on just like the space shuttle. But like uh, most of the documentary was about the engine and mm-hmm. how amazing the engine is. And yeah, it's it's definitely one of the most complex machines ever invented. And, I mean, rocket engines are insane, however you look at it. Absolutely. And yet, the se- <laughs> if, you, if you know anything about rockets, you know what the rocket equation is. If you know what the rocket equation is, you know how fine a line you are dealing with when you're talking about putting something into orbit. Doing what you're doing with a rocket engine. 
expelling mass, but not expelling too much mass, but enough to get thrust, but not enough to, to blow the thing apart. There's so much that has to be done in terms of of making that thing work. So much engineering. I have no idea how to do it. It's it's right geniuses, geniuses who figure this. I mean, out. It, I mean, it is astounding that a private industry. Yeah, is even well, able to even a startup. Oh, yeah. not. I mean, so you got the United Launch Alliance, which is Boeing and Northrop, you know, and they've up till now have only done government contracted launches, but they're a private company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think next year they plan on start doing private launches as well, ULA. But I mean, you got SpaceX. You know, sure, it's a startup from a rich Elon PayPal Musk, yeah. guy, and so I heard a story in one of the podcasts I was listening to. I think it was Science Friday. The reason SpaceX came around was Elon Musk is a big Mars fanatic, life on Mars, colony on Mars fanatic. And what he wanted to do was launch a rocket and have a plant growing on Mars, kind of like a live stream of the plant growing. And he started out trying to find a missile that could, or a rocket that could get him to Mars. And the only thing he could get was a Russian ICBM type thing and you know they were screwing well i'm just telling the story i haven't fact checked the story i'm just telling the story that i heard right and something like the russians like are dicking with him you know oh rich guy here pay this rate you know he's like fuck you i'm gonna start my own rocket program and that that's the story that i heard about spacex so they basically learned they hired they recruited all this rocket knowledge and i mean they're certified to deliver cargo to the iss i mean that's pretty fucking amazing that a private company sure they might still be on their ventures you know their their startup stage where they're not making a profit but they have the technology to deliver cargo to the international space station yeah, no, it's 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 very cool that they can do that. They're obviously riding on the shoulders of giants. Everyone is who is working in this industry. Um, but still, like hiring a guy, a rocket guy from NASA and engineers to actually build the stuff and actually executing it again and again. It's it's it, 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 like you said, it's such a fine line. Yeah. And to be able to do this, it separates the men from the boys. Well, I mean, there and, definitely is. not I mean, especially because. People think about rockets, they just go straight up. But they don't. They go up for a little bit. Not much. Not far. I mean, you know, a couple miles. Mm-hmm. And then they turn. And they go at an angle. Because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're trying to... Because if you, if you just kept going straight up, you're constantly fighting against the gravity of the Earth. That's a losing paddle. What you do is you go up, and you tilt, and you turn... And you start to work with the rotation of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And then you start to go in the direction that that's going. And you use that to help. Against the way it's turning, right? So it's turning against you and you're going this way. Well, if you're... Because you, you wanna... get more lift. Because the air is moving tw- into you. At a certain point, you're not cur- not so much curious about... It depends on what you're doing. But you're not so much... You don't care much about lift. You care much more about momentum, and you're you want sure. to But I mean, polar polar orbits are so much harder to get into than you know. Other but I, I'm thinking about like, for example, if you want to get to Mars, you still want to use the Earth's momentum. To well, get getting you. into a low Earth orbit is step one. Yeah. Then step two is 
getting to Hubble or getting to the moon or getting to Mars. Right. But step one is low Earth orbit, and so that is you're going that's up, almost always the same thing. You're going up far enough to get sort of out of most of the atmosphere, and then you turn away and you turn around, so you're getting okay. So now you're just in an orbital trajectory. Mm-hmm. So you're so your ball, so you'll you'll constantly be falling, but you'll be falling away from it. You still have to gain a lot more uh, uh, velocity. You, you have to gain a lot more delta v in order to to, to get mm-hmm. on that orbital velocity. But then you do that. But in order to do that, you have to work in stages because. Your whole rocket weighs a whole ton. It weighs tons and tons and tons. You, you drop off stages as you go because otherwise you're, it's just, almost, it's you're a, carrying with you all that extra it's weight. It's not literally a paradox, but it's almost like the rocket paradox, yeah. right? You have to carry so much fuel to go the first foot. Uh-huh. You know, you have to carry like 10 tons of fuel to go the one really? foot. Yeah. You know, it's insane because you have to lift all the other fuel to go the second foot. And you have to lift all that. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, and you burn that fuel so you lose some of the weight, but you still have that. Apparatus that kept that that way mm-hmm. is something. Right. It it goes back to those Jurassic Park thing, it, it, the Jurassic World thing. There's one point where the people are attacked by pterodactyls and uh, and nice. Demetrianons, and and so particularly pterodactyls, uh, they uh, a were not dinosaurs. But that's okay. I mean, they they were closely related, but they are flying reptiles as opposed to in the in the clay dinosaur, still they were essentially they're they're attacking people and they're like picking up people. <laughs> These things are made of tissue paper. That's how they could fly. They were huge, but the only reason they could fly is because they were essentially their, their bones were were were, were paper thin. Mm-hmm. They couldn't pick up somebody. They would tear themselves apart. They could pick up a fish. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't pick up somebody. Their skulls were paper thin. They would nothing like this would would be even remotely happening. And, and so, as watching that, watching basically the last, I don't know, the last fifth of the movie or the last uh, last quarter of the movie, really the third act, where where you know shit goes down, it was just like. There was nothing for me to nothing to hold me on the story because there were no characters I cared about and there was no story beats that you know that that I didn't see coming or that that weren't just completely obvious to me. So it was just all that I had was what I what do I know about the situation and I know that these things can't do what they're saying. So you get you getting so that's where the scientific accuracy thing comes in. At least are they displaying things scientifically accurate? No, they're not even doing that. They're not even bothering to do that. Right. So it's like so that's where the so I'm not saying scientific accuracy is important when you do movies like this. I am saying that if you got nothing else, at least you can have that to, to weigh on and there's some interesting things in there. I would have loved to see feathered dinosaurs. I think it would be fascinating mm-hmm. and interesting to put feathered dinosaurs right. in this movie. One of the one of the interesting things about the original Jurassic Park was it showed people that dinosaurs weren't these you know, weren't these like geckos that 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 fitfully moved, but they were active creatures, and and it actually influenced paleontology at the time. And so, some of the people, some some of the hope for the new revision of Jurassic World would be that they would show what what we have discovered since then, and that's that all theropod dinosaurs had feathers, including tyrannosaurs, mm-hmm. including raptors. They should be covered in feathers. And you say, oh, feathers aren't scary. Look at a fucking hawk. A hawk is a scary creature, right? You can do scary with feathers. So I don't see why you don't put that in there. 
But no, they don't want to put that in there. They want to make it all look the same. Have you seen Mr. Robot? Have you heard about Mr. Robot? Is that like Mr. Coffee, but for no, robots? No, it's uh, a show in USA. I think it's USA. So they put out the, the pilot episode online a month and a half ago sure. or so. And it it's a, it's a show about... Um, it's a computer hacker, security consultant type show. And Are you secretly a robot? I, we don't. Well, Mister Robot's one of the name of one of the characters, but it's focused around this one character. And the first episode got so much online buzz that they renewed it for a second season before, like, it actually aired on TV okay. because the pilot actually aired on USA last week, and the second episode aired on US, USA this week. But the pilot. It was available online a month and a half ago. Yeah, and um, lots of lots of companies are experimenting with that because yeah. the um, it, it's a they do the tech very well. You know, it's not you know like CSI cyber. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of CSI cyber. But the um, in the second episode, I don't want to spoil anything to anyone, but. Um, there is a left turn that you cannot see coming, uh, and that's all I can really say about it. Pause on this, Jeff. I, as, I you're, as, as you're as you're viewing on the as you're recording this, go to pause, pause. And Dude, you're killing me. I I have to use the facilities. All right, we're back from the potty we'll break. Keep an eye out for Mister Robot. I just mentioned to Greg, two episodes in, it's too hard to say. It has a potential to actually be the next lost. Okay, well that that's a that's high praise. I mean, but but the point I, point I want to make, the point that I think is is really important to make is that you know story knowing you know, particularly me having studied this to to an extent I have. I'm not so much interested in plot machinations as I am interested in character. Character drives story more than plot does. I I will always appreciate. A story driven by character more than I will driven by plot. And a great example is, is is the the first three Star Wars versus the second three Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? The first three Star Wars. I mean, the second. It doesn't matter that it's, you know people make fun of the fact that it's trade negotiations, blah blah boring. That can be really fun if there were really interesting characters involved. It doesn't matter what the background machinations. Right. The characters yeah. were stone. Yeah, the characters were. It, it was super bland. So if if you had that, so. If you have terrible characters but awesome plot machinations, that can still work. It won't work necessarily as well, but it, a, a really right. interesting plot can can still work if your characters are bland. Your, your two dimensional characters still. Can, do, like, I want to like talk your, about. I want to talk more about Mister Robot next week after okay. you've seen it because. Okay. Yeah. But I, I hesitate to say anything. Okay, but let me finish my point then, because maybe it'll play in. Maybe it will. Maybe we can talk about this later. But. Uh, like Blade Runner is is a plot run movie. The, the characters are not exactly very well drawn, but the plot is very interesting. So the plot plays for it. I don't think Blade Runner is a great movie as some people say it is, but I do think it's it's a plot forward movie where the plot works. So you can do that. Beautiful. You can do that. But having a movie where the plot doesn't work and the, there are no characters that are well drawn means that you're just you're just looking at stuff on the periphery to keep you interested. And that is a deep failure of a movie. And that's what Jurassic World is. Okay. That's what Interstellar was. 
I've been meaning to watch Interstellar. I just because again on science. Well, Front- Interstellar had a had a had a more basic problem in that its structure was bad. Its plot structure was 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 faulty. So and, and now that I've seen other space. And I've seen the interstellar angle on other space. I actually want to see where that came from. I want to see the original yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. In interstellar had the issue of Chris Nolan not understanding uh, plot structure, or at least not writing towards it. I, I don't know what his excuse is, but... You okay. know, it helps not. It helps to not play with the structure unless you really have something uh, compelling. And he didn't. Okay. Um. True uh, Detectives out. Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting for it to be all out because I've heard bad things about the fir- uh, like the first first four episodes released the critics and all, all the critics are basically saying nope. Nope, not nearly what you thought it was. Not nearly like it was last time. So I'm waiting to see if it gets better. So, so uh, I mean, uh, for me, so I mean, so heresy. I, I, I liked True Detective. I didn't think it was amazing the first time around. You know, I in the. So I watched the first episode. I haven't watched the second one yet. I was a bit distracted doing things. Work-wise, so I was planning on watching the first one again before I watched the second episode. It, to me, it didn't seem much different, but maybe I didn't appreciate the genius of the first time around. I don't know. It just I, I I thought it was a fine show. I don't think it was like oh my god, the most like like from what I heard from most people, it was like oh my god, your dick was so good. And maybe I fell into the hype machine a little bit and kind of like yeah, it's so good. But you know, I mean, it's not like I didn't like it. But it, it was just, you know, it was another show that, that was good. I watched I mean, a lot of good I, shows. What I appreciated about True Detective was mixing the sort of detective tropes with this really gothic storytelling okay. aspect. And, and and that... I think they're... I mean, they're definitely doing some of those tropes in the, the second one. I mean, because you got... Yeah. You have flawed characters. The detective tropes in and of themselves are not what's, what was interesting about okay. True Detective. Because that was the whole point, was that these detective tropes can be really interesting if you put them in the right environment. If you put if you if you make the these detection tropes that we are all worn that we've worn to shreds, we can revitalize them or at least make them more interesting by giving them a different shade to look into, essentially uh, you know, l- looking at them through a different color of glasses. And and the, the sort of Louisiana Gothic view, uh, gothic storytelling was an interesting way to shade this detective story and that's what i really appreciate about true detective so them just doing a plain old detective story without shading it in an interesting way without shading it in, in a way that we've all seen before which is apparently which is what the reviews all say it is basically oh it's another la crime story whoopty shit we've seen that a hundred times that's like okay that you know that's not something that i have to really follow and be interested in I may check it out later at some point but it's not something I gotta be watching every week gotcha so for example what if you did True Detective but in like fucking space in in, in like in, in, a, in a world not like not a Star Trek world that we've mm-hmm. really examined, but a world that hasn't really been like. like what what if we did a, a realistic sort of space sci-fi? You going there are a couple stations out there, and there's maybe a moon base that's poorly populated and stuff like that. And 
the detective story behind Moon. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that you know, t- Moon was a was a basically a morality play, but set in a very interesting environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what worked about it. That's why it was so beautiful and genius, and why you could you could do it at, at a low budget was because you sub in the different environment, and and you can then have all these other things, all these other ancillary things that aren't important become important, and all these other ancillary things that are important in other ways become unimportant. It changes the dynamics of the story without actually changing how you tell it. There's a wonderful thing about doing that, about changing your environment and, and doing that about stories. And so when when you're thinking about this new true detective or whatever, think about how you do a hard-boiled detective thing, but in a world that we haven't seen before or in a world that we're mm-hmm. not used to, and that's what's great about it. That's what makes it interesting. Do it in Nepal. Maybe, do, or do a, Romania. How about like like Romania vampire? Do a Romania vampire. Do an ISIS detective story. Wouldn't that be really interesting? What, what would a detective story look like in the world in, in you know in, mm-hmm. in an Iraq or something like that? What would that look like? Right. There, there's lots of interesting ways you could take it and make it real world, but but just you know impart upon us how much different the how these tropes are affected by the world around them. So, you saw those two boxes upstairs the kids were playing with. Yes. Those two big boxes. So, I am the uh, new owner of two new Casper mattresses. What are the Casper? You haven't heard those on like any podcast you listen I have, to? Okay, I've heard. I, I, I was considering them because I thought and my mattress is getting kind of old. And yeah, yeah. Just... So, so, Casper is this like online podcast advertiser of mattresses. I, I might have bought one if I hadn't just had to spend $4,000 on my car. Okay. Well, I just bought... Uh, got Allison. Uh-huh. Heather ordered two Casper mattresses on the same day. Allison needed a new mattress, so we bought her a twin, and we bought us a king. And it came yesterday, so I spent one night on the Casper. Casper mattress is a uh, memory foam and latex foam mattress that comes all vacuum sealed in that, in that box. The size you saw, king size mattress, yeah. comes in that box you saw upstairs. Yeah, yeah. weighs about seventy pounds, and um, you buy it online. It's American made. The um, King size is just shy of a thousand bucks. The twin was a lot more reasonable, probably around five mm-hmm. five fifty or something like that. The um, hundred or yeah, it's a hundred night um, try money back. Like if you decide to return it, they'll send someone here to get the mattress. You don't have to pack it back up in the tiny yeah. little box or anything like that. So I had a sleep number bed before this. You know, so I'm all, you know, I'm all for these marketing yeah. bed things, you know. And, you know, the Casper ads on podcasts are like, you know, how can you find the mattress that's right for you in four minutes in a mattress store? And that really resonated with me because we went to the sleep number store uh-huh. when we got the sleep number bed. And you're like, oh, we find the right number for you and stuff. This dude was a college kid who couldn't give two shits and he gave us like 30 seconds on the bed I was like okay as soon as you feel it start to sink that's when you tell me when and like okay that's the number you know all this bullshit and so the main problem we have with the sleep number bed the sleep number bed is so imagine the mattress the zip top you take the top off and you look down on it and there's two air mattresses and then there's really dense foam surrounding each Mary mattress. But it's not a solid piece of foam. It's it's segments. And there's corner joints that hold them together. 
On Heather's side and my side, the ones on the outsides, these big pieces of square foam were twisting and falling down. So the edges of the mattress were basically broken. Mm. Like there was no rigidity there. And that was the biggest problem. And then like the controllers with the number thing, the LCD displays broke so you couldn't see what number you were doing. The the, the pump thing still worked. But, you know, the, the, the sleep mattress didn't really work for me because I felt like my butt sank more than like my, tw- my yeah. shoulders. Like it didn't do a good job at distributing the weight on the air mattress. So, you know, like it's about time to get a new bed. The bed's probably 10 years old, clo- very close to 10 years old. And, you know, spending $1,000 for something you spend a third of your life on, that's not too bad. Especially for the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so we got the Casper. I mean, the main thing that sold me on the... I mean, not the sold me on the Casper that made me take the leap to the Casper is the, the no-hassle return policy. Right. right? I mean, I've heard people complain about memory foam mattresses, how they're hot, how they're saggy, how they're just... Eh. And, you know, Casper's argument is it's latex on top of memory foam, something like that. But, you know, sleep. I'm going to sleep on it for three months, Same. see how I like it. If not, you know, we still have the sleep number mattress put back in or find, you know, a spring mattress mm-hmm. or a Serta or whatever. But the uh, it sure is nice how they kind of come in a box you just push it up the stairs you put it on the bed you you pull out you cut the they they wrap it in like they sew it in this like tyvek tube and you they give you a little uh envelope opener you know so you slice the tyvek and as soon as it, it plops up you're because it's in plastic too so it's like sucking in air through the plastic and you cut open the plastic and it just expands up and it's like full-size mattress in moments only a little bit of outgassing and had a little bit of plasticky smell. But that by the time we went to bed at night, the smell was gone. Um, I looked online, and a company like Casper, who does all this online marketing, I'm sure they also manipulate their online reviews. Mm-hmm. Or at least have thought about manipulating their online reviews. They do pride themselves in customer service, and so far they've proven, like, they send you, like, tons of updates about, like, the when the thing's going to ship and whatnot. The I think I found an independent mattress review site. And really the only two knocks about Casper, they only come in one firmness. So for overweight people, heavy people, it might sag a little bit more. And then the only other knock was that they're such a new company, no one knows what these mattresses are going to be like in 10 years. Right. So the door, the longevity of the mattress is unknown. But other than that, people love the customer service. They like the the new mattresses just fine, and whatnot. And with the you know hassle free return policy, it shows up at your house. It it's easy to get upstairs. And when you have to take it back downstairs, if you don't like it, they send someone. So I mean, it's like you get a free bed for a hundred days, even if it's no good. <laughs> so this has been Jeff Bear for Casper. They've not paid me a penny. Um, I've only slept on it one night. Come back, you know, I'll, I'll report my uh, findings in another 95 days. There we go. So I did want to talk to you about um, the new movement that may may just change the way that we, or, or what we encounter on our show. The craft spirits movement. Now I bring this up because I noticed people started to talk about it. There's a lot mm-hmm. more stuff going on. Right. In terms of craft spirits. And it it reminds me, it's very similar to the stuff I used to see when people were talking about craft beer when it was coming about. Mm-hmm. Now, if 
we mentioned something about this on another show. What would happen if craft beer started to take a bit of a of a dive in comparison to say something some other craft thing that came along that didn't have as many carbs or other stuff? And the example, perfect example, of that is the craft spirit movement. What do you think? What do I think? Um, what do I think? I think craft spirits are good. There's a big difference between craft spirits and craft beer. And that is that macro spirits makers made good product where macro beer makers did not. There's lots of giant... Buffalo Trace is a giant company. Mm -hmm. They make fantastic whiskey. They make some of my favorite whiskey. Mm -hmm. Like Voulin and Laphroaig, big companies. You know, so there's a big difference in the the heritage slash production quality of craft, of distilleries versus breweries. Where the way evolution worked in the beer world all the big breweries making shitty beer. That's not the same in the spirits world. Okay. Yeah, so that's a very important point to make, I think. I, I, I think you're right. The craft distilleries, so they have a little bit of a harder go about it because they're not providing something that the big guys didn't provide. Mm-hmm. They are providing though the the local right. The- they are do. I mean, there's there's lots of things they are providing, and there's been a lot of uh, favorable laws made to encourage craft distilleries, and there's probably a lot of money to be made in craft distilleries. I don't think it's going to change. You know how much the- Wiggle Whiskey sells for? Yeah, it sells for twice as much as other good whiskeys. Right. And I haven't been impressed by Wiggle Whiskey. I like the people. I like the idea. But I'm not going to buy a $50 bottle of Wiggle when I can buy Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just had a thought. So what was the thought I was working on before you interjected? It was... Um, You're talking about... Lo- we, we, we mentioned I mentioned the local stuff that has some play. But it's not as much play necessarily as uh, My point was going to be... Well, oh, damn it. Uh, I don't think it's going to change the world like craft beer changed the world. Because the spirits world already had flavorful good stuff. There's going to be little niches that people were going to play. Like, so Wiggle has landlocked. It's a distilled mead. It's a honey spirit. It's delicious. It's not anything I've ever had. It's not the Jack Daniels honey, whatever the fuck that you see on TV anymore. Right. Or see, see on TV these days. It is a mead that they made and they distilled the mead. There's going to be innovation. There's going to be interesting things. But it's going to be an evolution of spirits where craft beer was a revolution, right? Where it's... It, Creating a new market. Craft beer was creating a new market. Craft spirits are expanding a spirits market, but they're not creating things that didn't exist previously. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I stand with this whole thing. 
That's interesting. Do you think, though, that... So you don't think it's going to gain the kind of traction that craft beer did? I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a difference because of the, the, the market that, that exists. I think that... What do I think? I think that since big spirits makers are making a product similar to what the craft guys are doing... Price will win out in this circumstance? I don't know what's going to win out. I think that it, it, the competition is very different. Right? They're competing against big, well-established companies. Craft brewers aren't competing against big, well-established companies. Craft brewers are competing against... Well, they're starting to, and that's where all the... But even today, it's just the very razor's edge beginning of that competition. Where in the spirits market, it is head-to-head. True. Interesting. Got an email from Craig uh, who said he was listening to some old episodes. uh, And in 252, Greg said he would like a craft Clamato. (laughs) And funny enough, Atwater has just released a Mechelada using McClure's, which is a trade-based pickle company known for their Bloody Mary mix and Mexican-style lager. If I can bring myself to buy some, I will send you one, one your way. Awesome. I would love to try it. Nice. I would. Totally. I would. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I would totally, I mean, these flavors get popular for a reason, right? There's, it's not somebody just came up with, let's no, put, look at Shandies and Rattlers. Yeah. Somebody could say, oh, let's, let me put clam juice in a beer and sell it. Some, somebody, it became popular and people liked it. And so they sold it. Now, I'm not sure yet. A Budweiser version of a Clamato is going to be a lot like a Budweiser version of a Pilsner. It's not It's not going to have any of the things that I probably would really enjoy mm-hmm. but a well-done Clamato. But I would love to see a well-done Clamato. Right. I still would. No, I hear, I hear you. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the uh, Amazon Anonymous stuff on my oh, phone. That's but... going to be a little tougher. I'm logged in as the affiliate account, but the mobile site is not giving me the... No, it's not giving me the ability to see the earnings. Why don't you look through it? <laughs> right, why do you talk about We haven't done the Amazon Anonymous in a while, so go ahead and log in, find something. I can find something to talk about. What can I talk about? <laughs> I saw a preview for Minions. That looks really dumb. Okay. Uh, so, people love Despicable Me. Yeah. Lots of people love it. I, I, It's lost on me. I I find it boring. I fell asleep the one time I watched it. I just don't think Despicable Me is any good at all. I mean, any good? Really? Do you, do you feel differently? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. None of them? None there's there's Despicable Me, Me Too, Minions. No, not I haven't seen a single one. Uh, nor have is, I. Is Sandler in that? It, it just is I, that, I just isn't that Steve Carell. I, maybe I it say is. It's Steve I, Carell. I, I I maybe it is Steve Carell, but I kind of see it as like a really bad Sandler thing. You know, however, Sandler did the Hotel Transylvania, and that was pretty good. I didn't see that so. I don't know. Um, yeah, Steve Carell. Yeah, check out. I mean, 
I wouldn't put it high on your list, but check out Hotel Transylvania at some point. No, I probably won't. Okay, so... Let's see. It's not bad. There's a... I still probably won't. It's not bad. Just try it. I'll have Allison watch it with you. How about that? Maybe. Maybe I'll do it then. you got to give me better reason than just to watch. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the Mr. Robot thing, but yeah. that sounds interesting, but no, the you got to give me a better reason to watch it than just, eh, okay. it's not bad. <laughs> it's well, not I, I'm kind of doing a slow play there because I know how picky you are. I think, so when I say, oh, it's not bad to Greg, I think he'll think, oh, it was worth my time watching it. But if I say it was pretty good, he'll he'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, do you have any idea what a cable throttle is? A cable throttle? Uh, sounds like a lawnmower thing? They or a small engine thing? Uh, it looks like it's for a... Oh, a motorcycle? A motorcycle? Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah it's the twisty handlebar thing on the motorcycle. Yeah, somebody bought an MTD 791-182357 cable throttle. Cost uh, $1,199 plus $8.99 shipping. In stock by MTD for a growing world. And they have little grass things. Uh-huh. For motorcycles. Okay, pick one for me. You get to do two since I don't have a computer. Okay. Um, and read a review. Just for me. Yeah, I wouldn't have any reviews. I didn't notice that. So. Okay, should I pick this? Let me take a look. Is there any reviews here? There are no customer reviews for this one. Oh. Otherwise, I would pick the shaft coupler. A quarter inch to quarter inch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a tiny shaft. You need a better shaft than that. Well, that's why you got to have a, shaft, a coupler for it. But it's all about girth. You don't, you know. Well, sometimes you, coupling two quarter inch shafts, that's no good. If you couple them right, then then that that's all that matters. All right. Uh, okay, God and the Gay Christian, a biblical case in support of same sex relationships? God and the gay Christian? Yeah. Uh, do we really want to talk about that on the... Uh, well, I mean, we discussed I mean, sure, it at the beginning. Sure, sure, okay. Uh, so this is somebody who says the... Bib- well, the reviews are probably aren't going to be funny. Um, They'll just be sad. Yeah. Or interesting, but still kind of like... It'd be funny in the uh, college humor jock type of way, probably. Uh, that 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 is just something I can't get my head around. How you can be gay and still identify as Christian or religious? You know, it just it seems like you would have to separate from that. Well, uh, that's the the beauty of religion is that you can interpret it in any number of ways, and so you, so you can. There is no. <laughs> there is no math to religion, right? There is nothing that is said and so there are no constants. There's only I, you I have get to that. There's only I get you, that. you have to view it against that 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 stays the same no matter what your interpretation is. So you can simply interpret things the way you want to, and that's sort of the beauty and the essence of how religion is spread is because you can interpret it culturally, you can change how it means. So you can certainly change how you interpret things for, uh, to to endorse something that wasn't endorsed before. Yeah, it's just like I hear what you're saying, but you know the way that I see it is like okay, so this group of people are like 99.9 percent assholes to me, but yeah, I still identify with them. 
you know. It, well, it's not about identifying with the people so much as identifying with how you were yeah. raised, I think, and finding a, a, a certain group of people who also identify that way and that you were so comfortable with. So it's, it's that you're, I, I really do think that religion traces back to how you're raised. And not isn't, it happens, but it's rare that people join other religions that are not the same as what they were raised in. One of the podcasts I was listening to this week was talking about how, oh, I wish I could remember what it was, but it was kind of just a stinger on something about how uh, there, a book about how if you're scientifically mind, if you're a scientist, it doesn't keep forbid you from being faithful. Yeah, that's something else I can't get my mind. I can around. totally get that because I've I see and I, I think I do it myself. But, but just, maybe not faithful. But maybe it, maybe I'm I'm projecting that onto religion. Something with a bunch of rules. Maybe that's what I'm projecting on. I mean, the the way I, I I could explain that, the way I could manage to to come up with some way to explain that is to say, look, science is about what we see and how we can predict what we see. Religion is about why, and science does not answer the why question. Science doesn't even regard the why questions as valid. Science answers. As, but if you're a good, science is the questions so, of how, okay. not why. Right. So the problem I get hung up on is if you're a scientist, sure, science doesn't answer the why. But, science a, but the point is that science doesn't consider that question relevant. Religion does. Now, you may take a science attitude and say that question isn't relevant because you're, you're making assumptions that a why is even meaningful, that, that there's a purpose behind anything. The religious people, the, the religious minded already makes the assumption and then asks what, what is the yeah, assumption. So the mean? thing for me is, like, if I was a scientist, right, and I am, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I, you're not a, you're not a scientist in you know. I quotes, believe you in are, observation. Yeah, your 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 general view of things is, is right. a scientific. So, for me, the way I imagine these things, like someone who is a scientist with faith, you know, it's like okay, so you, like you just said, separate, Pamela Gay is a great separa- example. Separate the how and the why. Like Pamela Gay from Astronomy Kids, okay. great example. Right. She's she's a, uh, I think she's an evangelical Christian, but she's also okay. They still doing that? I haven't heard them. I'm pretty sure they're still doing that. I lost them off my pod tracker, and I haven't heard them in years. Anyway, for me, there's like a series of links of of the science. Like the why has to be defined, must be able to be observed as a series of hows. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the why is, is taking a very anthropomorphic sense of things and i try not to you i i i struggle to remove that from when i'm doing observation i mean that's for me it's like and it is and then like i kind of i kind of flip it and i'm not sure if this is fair i've had that i've talked about this on the show before but it's like if you have someone who is technical either computer science or science science and they have this faith and allows them to believe in something that is not observable. I, I flip it, and this might be me being unfair, but it's like, can I trust them to make good decisions in the scientific realm or in the computer science realm <laughs> it is- when they have this, like, to me, unsubstantiated faith of something else they believe in stronger than anything else? I won't say that I've met a whole bunch of computer 
programmers that are out and out atheists like we are, but that are not faithful and don't even regard it as an important part of their lives, I would say most, if not all of them, are like that. They they are able to separate, you know, because I think that if, if you program, you have to take a logical look at things. You have to be able to look at things from a very, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens, that's why things happen. You start to look at the world in that way, and you can see not I wouldn't necessarily say there's an order to things, but you can definitely see that there is a progression of steps that things mm-hmm. take that, that because they take place. And so you you start to see that it's really hard that magic doesn't happen. And so you're never in a situation where you're looking at it and saying well, okay, step one, step two, then something magical happens, then we get to step four. You, right. you always, you're always going from step one to step 50, and you, you know what each step is. So because of that, you can then extrapolate out from that and say the world happens the same way. There's no magic that enters into it. Step one, step five, step 20, etc. there's no magical step that ever happens. A miracle never happens in between any of those. So we never observe a miracle happening, and if we did, then we would stop calling it a miracle, we start calling it science. So... It stops. It starts to be like, what am I really thinking about? And and for the people, I think the people who who stick to religion, who are still looking at it this way, they're like, well, I grew up with this. I'm going to keep this because it makes me happy, and that's fine. I totally get that. It makes you happy. It makes you happy. The world moves, and, and everyone has different strokes, etc. All that stuff. Um, if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to. You know, get in the way of what makes you happy. It t- it takes many ways to to run the world, and and I am not you. Therefore, go for it. But as and that's as long as as your religion doesn't get in the way of what I do. Right. Once it does, that's when the problem strikes. As long as it doesn't, well, it's like you know the thing I get hung up on, and I don't know if this is fair or not, but it's like I see that as faulty logic. Like these people believe in faulty logic. How can I trust them to have? Good you, logic. You have faulty logic. I have faulty logic about lots yeah, of things. So, sure. so we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't take this one little thing that is a comparatively small part of how. Yeah, we- I, that that that's great that you brought it up, right? I mean, it's like false memories and things like that. Like I didn't see the gorilla bouncing the basketball walking across the video th- uh-huh. or what was it what was the screen there was a guy yeah, dribbling yeah. a basketball and scientists had a guy in a gorilla suit walk past the frame and they told the people to focus on the guy dribbling the basketball and most people didn't see the gorilla suit walk across the video um so you know i think that i am attuned with physical cause and effects and and my reality is true and whatnot so I am more based in reality than someone who of faith, but that's you know, total bullshit. Yeah, I mean that. That's why I'm saying this right yeah. now. Is what you mentioned mm-hmm. makes me think what I and you can flip this right. Like what I feel as fact, reality, logicalness. I now I can kind of see how someone else's reality could have faith and they feel the same way. Maybe I made a breakthrough breakthrough here tonight. The only thing that's constant are those things that we all observe are constant. So keep that in mind. When you're talking about constants, you're talking about things that are 
physically constant. Speed of light is a great example of a constant. Right, right. Like, but, but but it goes a little bit deeper. What we just said about how like memories are faulty and things mm-hmm. like that, because what I observed just now, you might not have observed, or I might. I have didn't observe it the same way you observed it. Certainly right. not. Right. You observed. So it it's not really a constant. Everyone has their no. Own our observations are all. But but, but the, the nice thing about about the math and about the science when you get to this level of abstraction. Uh, is that you can you can determine, like in relativity, you can determine the way events unfold for different observers who have different subjective perspectives based on the idea that there is a constant that you can do a transformation based on. So that's so if you're asking for what is objective, what is the thing that we can say is objective? Well, so far what we've found are these objective constants that say the same no matter what way you're looking at them, no matter how you twist or transform the situation, they, they constantly say the same. Those form the uh, the equations that tell us how to transform one mathematical abstraction into another mathematical abstraction. Right. That's it. Uh, so, I mean, that's like a faithful scientist using the math mm-hmm. and me using the math come to the same conclusion. The problem, I think the place I still get hung up on is that, come on, Take those turtle shells the whole way down. (laughs) You know, it's like if math works here, math works there. And there's not God there. There's math there. Right. I I think it's true that that the the, the point that, that you and I have come to is that if magic doesn't happen here and we don't observe magic happening everywhere, it's really, really likely that magic doesn't happen anywhere. And if magic doesn't happen anywhere, then there's no place for this magical stuff that you're talking about. Right. So so that's where we're coming from. And so let's observe the world as it is without having that magic. That's, in some sense, a political stance that we take on reality as opposed to an absolute But if you're stance. a scientist, if that's your core tenant of... But you, you, can, you can separate out... Or, or is there scientists that just... You can separate out what you're observing from, from what you believe to a, to an extent. I mean, that you can't... Maybe, maybe... I don't, I don't see how maybe, someone... Maybe faithful scientists, it's just a job. Maybe well, it's mean, like... It like, could be, but I don't see how a faithful scientist like Pamela Gay is a great example, could be a creationist, right? I mean, she knows too much about how the evolution of, of the cosmos worked to believe in creationism. On the other hand, she could probably find a way to justify the you know the Jesus stuff she believes in by thinking that uh, you know a miracle happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. See, I, I, don't, I, I can't, can't I can't, I can't bridge that, that gap, yeah, right? I, because I can't do that. But I mean, can. history has shown over the last thousand years everything that was magic, many things that have been magic have been explained. Why are the things that are still magic? Why would you think they? are magic and not explained. And I'm, I'm using magic as a bit of a derisive term, but, you know, unexplained has become explained yeah. time and time and time again. Constantly. What we're talking about, we're talking about the unexplained, we're talking about a, a continuously shrinking, it's still incredibly large, but in terms of, of what we knew in the past, it's constantly shrinking, uh, and we're constantly understanding more and more. Of the and world. why are some of those things 
special. Yeah, and, and, and we're coming up with, with new answers that are open up new mysteries. There's always new mysteries that come from it. Sometimes those mysteries turn out to be bigger than we ever thought they would be. But at the same time, if you compare them to what we knew before, we know so much more now. And all the stuff that was thought, you know, was was magic is now nothing but magic. That's part of the reason why I started to, to get into doing the sleight of hand stuff, because mm-hmm you see that stuff happen it's like oh it's magic and, and just getting I, I, I don't go deep into it but just getting an idea of what's happening you start to see oh wow you're really you're doing nothing you're doing right. you're just doing really tiny basic tricks and you're fooling people completely right so guilty pleasure time for me summertime TV I wouldn't watch it if it wasn't with Heather but America's Got Talent mm-hmm watched it there was a hypnotist on america's got talent he got howie mandel up on stage hypnotized him Mm -hmm. and got him to shake hands Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering like what is hypnotism yeah i mean it's a parlor trick it's a parlor trick but he got this guy you can't make you you can you can make someone very suggestible by putting them in certain states that that is true you can't make somebody do something they would not normally do you can't say kill somebody for example okay you can't you can't tell how i'm about to take a gun but you got someone who is obsessive compulsive about clean cleanliness who does not shake people's hands and in front of you know uh you know four thousand people and national tv audience got them to shake your hand it's neat it's definitely neat. It, it, it's like when we talked about the... Um, so you're saying a parlor trick because it is not good for stopping people from smoking and right. or, or turning them into an automaton to kill someone. Right. But to use it to get someone who would prefer not to shake your hand to shake your hand, it's it's real or yeah it's it, it's you, you can you can make people do things that they otherwise wouldn't you you can have people perform activities they would otherwise probably wouldn't do because of things like social pressure or things like anxieties in a very local sense in the sense and, and when i talk about local I mean in, in, a, in a temporal local sense mm-hmm. while they're under while they're in this highly suggestive state that you put them into various tricks by essentially but what you're doing is you're confusing various parts of 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 the mind that that they're normally involved. So the one thing they showed interest, um, yeah, like I'm skeptical about the whole thing, but the one thing they showed is before the hypnotist came on, they gave everyone in the crowd the opportunity to leave the room. And then they hypnotized Howie. And they showed this girl with the stance who went out the same time. She was hypnotized, you know, inadvertently by the guy up on mm-hmm. stage. And uh, they kept cutting back to her because, like, when she woke up, she's like, "What the fuck happened? Like, I don't remember anything." You know. And, and Usually, from what I understand, I, I've not been under hypnosis. Uh, from what I from what I understand and read about it, because yeah, originally you're like, "Okay, this is bullshit," and then you you, you see more of it happening. You're like, oh, there, "There's something to this, right?" And there is something. I mean, guys to doing it on live TV, and yeah. I can't imagine that the whole network and Howie yeah. is all behind a hoax. There's, there is something to it, and it's sort of like you're. It, it's it's kind of like when you're okay. A, a great example of, of of what hypnotism is sort of like is when you're in a crowd at a at a comedy show, 
and you laugh at something because everybody else is laughing. Mm-hmm. And it's not the most funny thing in the world, true. But there are other funny things before that. And the whole crowd is laughing, and you kind of laugh with it, and you're just going with the flow. And, and mm-hmm. sort of the influence of the crowd is is, is influencing how right. you're thinking. It's very similar what what um, what hypnotism is doing to you in, in that there it, it you know it, it's basically distracting the other elements of of your mind and saying just go with the flow, just go with it, just just go with it, you'll be fine. And you know, taking that sort of anxiety stuff um, temporarily away from from how you approach things, uh, and so you, you're putting your brain in a different state. This is not very much different from drinking alcohol or, or doing something else. Mm-hmm. You're putting your brain in a different state by by different means. It turns but out, but it's also by suggestion, which is crazy. Yeah, but like I said, you, you can't do it to a and to a and, and the hypnotist is so good at like. Them. like and out and like yeah it's like it's like what that that is very that's suggestion all the way that that's not it's not that is a trick could i be hypnotized i mean knowing me as skeptical as i am could could i still it depends on what type of hypnotism we're talking about there are certain types yes you can because i'd be like this is bullshit you're not going to put me out and would he be able to put me out? I mean, depends on on the type of hypnotism somebody's practicing, because uh, I've seen some people who do it in in there's some people who do it in ways that if you're just if you're really just thinking about it, it's not going to work. But there are ways to do it by like overloading your senses and doing it that way, a very quick one, and and it works. I've seen it work on people who who otherwise aren't aren't able to be hypnotized. Um, yeah, it's. But like I said, it's it's not. So I mean, you no said it was a parlor trick, but yeah. I'm still like kind of trying to figure out like you could could you make me like drop my pants like something I wouldn't do in real life. I mean, if you had underwear on, yeah, like like pull out your dick. I mean, no, yeah. I don't think you could do that because I think that I think you, I, I think you would be but, like I have underwear on. It's not going to be too bad. If I pull down my pants, you might be able to do that. But then but again, you, me personally, I don't think I'd have a big problem pulling out my dick. So, well, so I mean, maybe I would well, pull out my dick. Would. I mean, if it was something that you would do, if if if, if the social like kill anxiety, a cat, okay, kill a cat. No, it, was, it, it only if it's something you would do if the social anxiety was taken away. So, oh, so I I I drop my pants. Yeah. Would I? Kill a cat? I probably would not. I I I think that you're. It's like if somebody said to slit your wrist, you wouldn't do that. No, I. It, I mean, something it's, like it's sort mortally, of like, mortal myself. I yeah. I would it's hope sort of not. Like what I understand is, it's like I I know. I, I've seen. I forget where it was. Where, where I saw somebody who you know was responding to how what what it was like when they were hypnotized, and they were told to to to, to take a sock and and pet it like it was a cute cat. And they were saying, well, while it was happening, they knew it wasn't a cute cat, but they were just sort of, eh, I'll go along with it and just say it. So it's sort of, it's almost like. See, I can't imagine myself being suggested to go along with it. I'd be like, this is bullshit. But so, I mean, so maybe that's the that thing. type of hypnotism wouldn't work on you, but there, mm-hmm. but uh, others might. But again, it's it's not. There's but maybe I'm not as skeptical as I think I am, right? What do you mean? Maybe I think I'm super skeptical, super observe. Like I believe in what I can observe, but mm-hmm. maybe the point of suggestion is there's a more primitive part of me that. Well, I, I wouldn't say more primitive. In fact, more, I I I. I point out that I think hypnotism works because we have all these multiple processes running on in our brain and and 
being able to hijack some of them is, is why magic tricks and things like that work. And hypnotism is just another magic mm-hmm. trick. It's just you, you're playing with the way that uh, that, that minds work. You can, but you, you, can actually, you can actually work the machine of the person. You know, that's yeah. the thing that's scary about hypnotism. But the, re- the, but the reason why it, it can't be used for any of these horrible things is because you can only work the machine of the person to a really, really minor degree. You're doing stage stuff. You're doing, par- like I said, parlor tricks. You're you're doing sleight of hand nonsense. You can't do anything. So, major so what about like person. using hypnotism to stop smoking? You don't bullshit. think bullshit. You think that's too core. Total bullshit. Yeah. That's you're talking about changing the way people behave, but, but you're getting someone who's a germaphobe to shake hands. You could, yeah, but someone who has OCD to shake hands. Well, okay. You can make, you can do that once you can get someone to put mm-hmm. out a cigarette, right, right. but can you get them to stop smoking? Can you get Hallie Mandel to stop being a germaphobe? No. You can get him to start to 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 ignore his germophobia in a very limited circumstance, but you can't turn off his germophobia. It's like you can't turn off an addiction. Yeah. There's no switch. They they actually cut part of the uh, show. They didn't show the entire. Uh well, that's cutting for time as TV. Well, no, they said they they did couldn't show the actually putting him into the trance part of it. I just, I'm just like right now. I'm really curious what that part is like. You know, it's like it's like one, two, three, sleep. You know, that's kind of what you see a lot right, of there's there's ways I, I've seen things about it, and it seems like yeah, this is really silly. But you see it working on people, and and you see certain ways of doing it working on people. There's clearly something to it, but again, even the the best hypnotist will tell you it's a very surface level thing. It's really, really, it's just a trick. It's just a it's just a way of playing things, and and you you can't you can't be locked into it. Uh, you can get out of it anytime you want. You wanted to really. There's nothing holding you into it. And the one, two, three stop is is really you just being very suggestible. It's not. It, it's 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 the same thing as as when I do like a some card trick. Sometimes they're over before I even do my spiel. Mm-hmm. You know the trick that the card is already at the top of the card, and I'm going to do all all my spiel about it. All that spiel is nonsense. Nothing to do with the card trick. The card tricks already happened by me mm-hmm. just doing a. Uh, uh, Herman Pass. There was one of the uh, there was a card trick on America's Got Talent, and I'm like, I know, like I knew how he did the one part of it. Yeah. The second part I couldn't figure out, but like, oh yeah, it's double double lift type thing. It was like mm-hmm. easy peasy. Uh, no, so thanks from your you know, your experience <laughs> on on that one. Well, I did like a Herman Pass to to my to a couple of people recently. I thought they were horrible because when you do a a pass. It's essentially doing a you're taking something, something you put a card in the middle of the deck. You put the deck on top. You do a little maneuver, and it and comes to the top of the deck. Uh, and it feels like, and when you're looking at it, it feels like it's the most obvious thing in the world. But when you what you're showing the person, it looks like you haven't done anything. But you've just a mm-hmm. little, you've held it in your hands and done like you know, maybe a little holding it or something. Mm-hmm. But nothing's happened. Nothing's changed with the deck. But what you're actually doing is you're actually taking apart the deck and putting the top back over on top of it. But it doesn't look like that to anybody else. So it's a, it's, it's a wickedly awesome move. Right. But it's something that just it. You see it. You see it exactly what you're doing, and it looks like pathetic to you because it's it's obvious to people who are watching it. They don't see it at all, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a matter of, of of how you present it. Right. It's pretty awesome. 
uh, that when you when you realize the level to which you can trick people by doing something that to you is completely obvious, but to them completely completely miss. It's it's like that basketball player in the background. It's completely obvious somebody who who just who is not paying strict attention to the to the bouncing basketball guy who just comes in right. and, and at that point says, "Hey, there's a guy going in the background." But to, but to, but but to everybody else, the people who are looking at at the gorilla. The opposite. They're told to focus on the basketball player. Look at the basketball player. They don't see the gorilla. So Mm -hmm. you're looking at the cards. I'm looking at the cards too, but I'm looking at what I'm doing with putting this thing on top. You're looking at how are the cards in this hand. And I'm just showing you like a tiny bit of the cards, and it just looks like all I'm doing is straightening them out or something. It's a cool maneuver. And there was one trick. Um, Actually, it's a card trick I'd like you to see. Can I see your computer here? I want to pull it up real quick. It was on America's Got Talent, but it was it was pretty interesting, and I want to see if you have any insight on how it was done. Um, Just because I know how to do, well, let me, let me put it this way. Okay, so all card tricks. There are five basic card tricks, and all card tricks are essentially those versions of those card tricks. But that doesn't mean I can come out of the way and say this is exactly how this trick is done. Right. It's it's more so if like you you think it's a good trick, it, like the dude had Howard Stern call his mom and pick a card, and he pulled the card, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. Like, like what's the what's the primitive of that? There are lots of ways you could do that. Okay, is this it? There are lots of ways that can happen. And they all came out, Howard. They all came out. They're all Mason, uh, what are you going to be doing for us today? Well, uh, I'm not real proud of this, but uh, about 10 years ago... Skip. Uh, it was like 30 seconds. How many years did you get? I served five years. I picked up a deck of cards, and I picked up a book about how to do cards. Skip another 15 seconds. I taught seconds. myself how to perform. I've nope. for you guys. Sure. Now, I... Uh, Howie, yeah. since I just admitted that I did a little time, um, I'm going to hope that you'll keep me honest in this. Okay. okay. So I'm going to stay right here at this kind of angle. All right. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say magicians' hands are fast in the eye. I'm going to try to do everything I can to be as slow as possible. All right. Howard, I'd like to ask you have okay. a cell so, phone. So, first of all, I do. the angle he's in and, and, the, and the way he's using mm-hmm. is, is what's called a mechanics grip. Uh, it's meant to be seen that way. It doesn't matter to the person if you're doing it slow or fast. You're hiding things from the person who's looking at it. Would you be willing to make a phone call in just a moment? Sure. Excellent. Before you do, I want you just to think about who you would call. Don't tell me. Hopefully it's someone that I've never met would have no way of influencing or or manipulating in any way. person I'm thinking of, there's no way you would have met. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Howard, uh, if you would, just think of that person for me. Picture them clearly in your mind. Howie, if you would look close, all I'm going to do is take one card. I'm going to go with this one and just reverse it. That's where I think this is going to end. Okay. So technically, I got a one in fifty-two shot here, but I'm feeling kind of. Good. All right. Now notice what he did is is he didn't necessarily show Howie the card that he reversed. From what mm-hmm. I could tell, he simply picked a, a card and reversed it. So that card could be any card. In fact, he could replace that reverse card any time with another reverse card whenever mm-hmm. it's set. Right. Um, cards, Howie. Would you hold them and keep them in view of the audience at all times? That way, you know everything is above board. Howard, if you would. 
So he put all the cards in the box. I'm thinking he put all the cards in the box and gave it to Howie Mandel to hold up. So the cards are now, from what we understand, set. Right? So they're in Howie Mandel's head. But they're not. And all I'm saying is, 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 is what you're observing. Right. Someone who hasn't left my head in all my years, my mother. Aww. I hear Pretty her predictable in my pick. Head right now. But. Would you say, I've never met this gentleman? Would, would you be willing to I think it's on? likely that, that they never. get her on the phone, I want you to ask her to name a playing card. Well, uh, listen, uh, let's hope my mother's home. <laughs> she goes to dinner like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Hello? Hello, mommy? Yes, darling. Mom? Mom, is that you? Yes, that's Mom? Hello? Mom, I, would you do me a favor? Just think... Now, interesting enough, they've wired Howard's phone to the audio. Right. So something's going on well, here. They knew he was going to make a call. I mean, the production... Yeah, I mean, production... Yes, had that wired in. It might not even be Howard's phone. It's a phone wired in the PA yeah. system. But, I mean, that's part of the guy's thing. It's like, I'm going to need Howard Stern to make a call. Yeah. Set up the phone. The card. And I love you, Mom. I can't hear you. Mom, just think of a, a playing card. I'm thinking right? of a, a deck card. Of cards. All right, what is the card? You want to know what this card is? Yeah, what's the card, Mom? Ten of hearts. Ten of hearts. That's, ten that's of awesome. Thanks, Mom. All yeah. right, be kind. Everybody I love say you. Bye, Mom. Bye, bye. Thanks, I love Mom. You too. Now, Howie, you've been holding those cards the entire time. The entire time. I've is it safe to say there's no way I could have known that? There's no way. That would happen. Absolutely no Ten way. of hearts was the card. Yes. I'm going to go very, very slowly, if I may. Make sure I don't do anything. Now he takes the deck back. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to set the ten of hearts right now. Yeah. No way. He takes the deck back. He's not letting Howie take out the card. So does he know like where the ten of hearts is in the deck? He could be He could be using stacks to know where the ten of hearts is in the deck. That's definitely possible. He could, he could have it stacked pre-head. Because you don't... I mean, he was, he was showing you... Uh, it didn't look like it was in a pattern, but it certainly could have been in a pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and well, it, he's had it, plenty of time to recall the pattern. Yeah, at exactly. this point. And and uh, so it, he could even work his algorithm and say ten of hearts is hearts divided by four. Ten, it's fortieth card in. Yep. This it, this is not. There's nothing magic right. about this. And, he, and and he's not letting Howie open up the deck and take it out. So clearly, he didn't do it beforehand. Right. right? So now he's nice opening it up. And notice that I, I believe this was the case, that he he had the deck in there when he gave it back to Howie. I had to look back, but he put the deck in a different way than he's taking it out. Oh, you think he put it in face down and now it's face up? Mm-hmm. What would that be? What would that accomplish? Any ideas? Well, there's ways you can have it so... You know, you know which way is going to be the best way to sort this or to have this properly be. There's Did different... you notice the Dunkin' Donuts cup right there? I mean, <laughs> they always drink. See, I didn't see that at all. So there you go. <laughs> they, they, nice it used to be Snapple, but now it's Dunkin' Donuts. So okay, now what he was doing when he was picking apart these cards is you notice that he's only showing a certain number of cards, and he found one down. There could be 128 cards in this deck, and they're all. And he's just putting them. He's he's very carefully moving them so there's. Do they have like thinner cards where you can? They, stick? they have those. They also have decks. Yeah. So there are certainly ways you you could do this, or so, or or you could have situations where half the cards on the other side of the cards it's not, it's a different card, and 
Oh, if you fan it to the left, you might see other face down cards than if you fan it to the right. Right. <laughs> All types of ways you can set this trick up. Going to touch that card. Would you kindly show it to Howard and the rest of the audience? One card face down in a pack wow. of 52. So there you go. So that's a trick. It's a, it's a very well done trick. He did it very well. I didn't see any flaws that it was done. But yeah, how he did it. There are plenty of ways you could do that trick. Okay. Particularly since he took the deck from Howie. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> right. Well, it, I mean, that, that, that's clear that it wasn't something, whoa, I haven't seen that one before. Well, as soon as he took the deck, all right, there's something about this deck. He's going to find Yeah, he's going to find yeah. the card. Yeah. It was not a case of, all right, I set it up beforehand, and that and that. It was not one of those situations. It was a situation where... This is a special deck, and I'm going to be manipulating this deck in a special way. That's all. No different than solving your Rubik's Cube. Not really. When it all comes down to it, no. It, it's it's just... It, it, it's all in front of you, but you just don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I mean, that's the whole reason why magic works, because people like being entertained by this kind of stuff. But yeah, when you know what to look for, I mean, the answer is one of four or five different things that you could have done. Okay. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. You want to look at the hypnotism thing too, or no? <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, that, the, the the product that that I came up with for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did you pick for me? And what's the review? These Proforce rebreakable boards, which I Re- oh Taekwondo we, type stuff. Yeah. Oh, the Wi-Fi's out. Again. The Wi-Fi's Fuck. out. Again. Oh well. They were rebreakable like boards, so you didn't injure yourself or, or break, or you could okay. rebreak them. So I thought that was neat. Max uh, took a Taekwondo camp this week. Every day he had to go for like two He's hours. He's got a mohawk now. Max is sporting the mohawk. He went to a wedding yesterday with the mohawk. He was looking dapper. He had a vest, tie, <laughs> pinstripe pants, and a mohawk. Nice. Actually, the it was down just down the street, uh, a couple of houses down. You've met George before. They got the dogs. I don't remember. Got the walks the dogs. I'm sure. I, I, I don't remember. Okay, but uh, you've you've been here for several years. You know who? I don't. Okay, I'm sure. I, not a big deal. But he actually uh, re- said, you know, we were going to cut off his mohawk. It's like, no, Max, keep the mohawk. So, <laughs> <laughs> if Max is fine with it, let him go with it. He, he loves it. He doesn't want to cut it off. He, he likes his mohawk. We'll see if we keep it. You know, I think it'd probably be nice to make it a summertime tradition and not let him wear it to school in the fall. But let your kids let your kids do what they want to do. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really see what the problem is with letting him wear. No, I don't think it's a natural problem. But there's also something about you know having him look forward to having a summertime mohawk. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I feel if he has it all the time that. It'll lose its specialness. It, it, well, I think it would. Well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? I mean, you 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 don't want it to be something that he he desires unless he actually desires it, right? You don't want it yeah, to be. Yeah. I mean, you, if if that's who he is, and you want him to to be it, if, if that's just what he wants if for, he wants. <laughs> He's four years old, dude. <laughs> of course, he wants a mohawk. He wants a mohawk, and he wants swords, and he wants. Good. Well, but I'm just saying, this is 
Yeah, this is the age where we're let him let him do it. Yeah, yeah, this is the age where that kind of thing starts. Let him have what he wants, and let him see that a it's exactly what he wants, or b it's not exactly what he wants, and he wants something different, and then he can change that if he wants to. Don't force him into things that he doesn't want to be, or or that he wants to be, but he can't be because of your forcing. I mean, yeah, there are things he can't be. He can't be a he can't run around with swords all the time. You can't do that. But yeah, can you wear a mohawk? But he he sure. wants to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Where we go is like, can I bring a weapon? Yeah. It turns out, no. In this world, you can't bring a weapon everywhere. So it's important to teach him these things. But the other things about who you are and what you want to be and how you want to present yourself, do you want to be that? If that's what you want to be, okay. And it should be okay for everybody to be what they want to be like. I mean, the, the, the point is, is, is this is the age when they're, when they're really learning shit. Teach them the stuff that matters. Max wants to be a dude with a mohawk and no shirt. <laughs> and there are situations where you're going to need to wear a shirt. But there aren't situations, there aren't many situations I, where a I, mohawk simply isn't... <laughs> I mean... I saw a video, it was on Facebook, about you know the women who want to be able to go topless. And it was talking about how, like, up until, like, the late 30s, that, like, men did not go topless. And how shocking it was at first. And how it's just, we become accustomed to it. And now it's, like, not shocking. Well, yeah. And And that women... In other countries, there are topless beaches and things like that. And And that women going topless is just a matter of time before, like, that is not... Titillating. That's that's the same for anything. I mean, same for short dresses. The same for. I mean, people could go naked. Eventually, that would that would not be titillating. I guess I've looked at enough porn that topless women shouldn't be titillating. Well, porn is only porn because it's titillating. Yeah, yeah. But but it, I, it, I but you know you would think I would like not find it titillating at this point, and I still do. So like I don't I don't know maybe I mean sure I'm not special. I don't live in a special time. I would probably get used to if everyone was always topless, it wouldn't be interesting. But I can't imagine that world. Just because you can't imagine doesn't mean it won't happen. Well, no, no. But can you imagine that world? Absolutely, I can imagine that world because I've like, seen it. Like hot titties, like you wouldn't want to look at them. No, but I but I've seen worlds. I've seen places that have th- that societies that live without you know without having tops. Uh, breasts become breasts don't become a titillating factor. They simply are, mm. are a utilitarian factor, and they lose all. I mean, of their, I've seen National Geographic magazines yeah. that aren't titillating. I guess they, they lose all of their all the factor in that society of titillation because they're out and they stop being, they start being like hands and feet. They're just, they're there. Who cares? They're not titillating anymore. It's like ankles, right? Ankles once in one point in time. Oh my God, you're showing your ankles. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking that it was more closely related to reproduction. Like how like How are breasts related to reproduction? They're not. They're not. So that's kind of why I kind of stepped back from that. Vaginas. They're related to reproduction. Yes. So, is there a possibility vaginas would not be titillating? Or would we always have a drive to look at vaginas because that's where we want to stick our dick? I think we'd always have a drive to keep them covered up just because they they have a tendency to get dirty. I mean, they're both on both sides. They're kind of sensitive organs that... Yeah, so I mean, that's a different situation where I just think they would be covered. They, they, we naturally are going to cover those up, 
and uh, and so those because we would naturally cover those up, those are going to be more titillating despite their very nature. But if we lived in a world where somehow they weren't very sensitive and they were out, no, I don't think they would be very they would, they would be titillating. Ultimately, no, I don't think the I don't think vaginas and penises are very titillating. Uh, I think they're only titillating because they are taboo. I think that we find breasts and butts and legs and stuff a lot more titillating than vaginas and dicks. Hmm. I mean, do you really look at vaginas and go like, oh? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of more of a legs guy, I guess. Uh... I guess I just broke this pen. I probably should throw it up before getting gold myself. <laughs> You've been spilling shit all just nonstop today. <laughs> Fucking shit up all the time. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's like... Like, they're like, you know, you, you sit here and, you know, sure, stare at my tits, but eight hours later, you're going to be pretty fucking bored of my tits. Will I? I don't know. I mean, if I was twelve, probably not. But now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's sure pretty. <laughs> I mean, they're part of the, the the whole female form thing. You know, it's like legs and butt and breasts and yeah. I, I just think I, I don't. That, I th- but but I can't. That, I have a. Does that mean that uh, you that an ant wouldn't find another ant attractive because it have ant boobs? I mean, no, that they find their own forms attractive for whatever reason. So, but it's not ants; it's birds with plumage and stuff. It's that kind of attraction, right? Yeah, it's 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 accoutrement. Well, sure, but I mean that's the kind of thing breasts are. I mean, they're. I mean, women, human women, are one of the few mammals that keep their memories, you know, large memories when they're not nursing. You know, everything else they shrink down. Cats, all the other mammals, they shrink down. There's, there's a, there's a plumage aspect to breasts. So it's. I think it's wired a lot deeper than this whole. They're only titillating because they're usually covered they, up. They don't normally stay firm and tight. They normally they start to droop over after a certain age. So I don't know. So we have modern technology of bras to right. keep them up. That they're more titillating because everyone looks younger than they really are. Is yes. that is that the thing? Yes, absolutely. But, virility, virility is what is uh, right. But how's that? How's that? How's that against my argument of of boobies being um, like getting to be old hat ever? Well, I'm just saying that there we we see it as, as that way because we live in a world where that is the situation. But if we didn't, if if we if 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 uh, peacocks didn't live in a world where peacocks had you know, had amazing plumage, and they would find some other thing to to be interested in as opposed right. to their plumage. So it, it, it's just what. <laughs> but the peacock's plumage isn't enticing because it's usually covered up. It's it's always available, right? No, they, they spread it out and spread uh-huh. it open. It's not always. But 
women don't pull up. I mean, it's not like they pull out their tits as part of a mating ritual. Well, no, but they do dress provocatively so that you so that there's less left to the imagination, right? Uh, but hinting at more possibly than there than there would be. But I'm saying it's more the fact of them being a uh, titillating part of the anatomy versus the provocative provocativeness of how they're displayed. I think we have plenty of examples of breasts not being a titillating part of the anatomy to show that it is not a universal that breasts are titillating. I think that even with your arguments, sound though they may be, we have enough examples to show that those are faulty. Hmm. I don't want a world where I'm sick of titties. <laughs> well, then don't... <laughs> Then don't want women to be to to to. No, I want women to have their uh, rights to be topless because I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. And you might not. It might be like racist, right? Where I, I don't mean, don't mean to, <laughs> to say you're racist. I'm just saying I'm tedious. It's, it's it's hard to get old people to to use the right words for you know to use the right words. Oh, the right you think you so, do, you know what mom? My mom calls them the coloreds. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's kind of like, well, okay, I can't change that. So, for you, yeah, be, probably you can't change the fact that you're attracted to to boobies. But in two generations, are people going to be attracted to boobies? Are boobies around all the time? Huh. No, probably not. I I could see that. I could see that, but I could also leave a wedge for... There's always going to be people who are going to be like, oh. Well, no, I could leave a wedge for this whole plumage type thing. They can find something else to plumage. And also, the other thing is men aren't going bare-chested all the time. Yeah, I was curious because the the video that I saw was talking about like in thirty nine or whatever, Clark Gable took off his shirt in a movie and it was like, uh and then like shortly after that, you know, men stopped wearing their tops at the beaches and stuff. So I mean it may have been titillating. I mean, I think it's kind of just with hindsight in today's I, I, I today's like to in today's perspective in today's this, mores, it seems almost like just coming out of this like stuffy Victorian era. Yeah, but you know? I, I would like to get a woman's perspective on on the male body, and and because that's a different it's a different perspective that we lack is the titillation of a male body. I don't think seeing males underdeveloped mammaries are necessarily the part of titillation, but no, the other not, the other muscle stuff in the yeah, torso, yeah. you know, could. Definitely be titillating. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't think that it's it's tits themselves that women look at in the guy, but it's it, yeah, it's the muscle build and stuff like that. I think is is what's what attracts and the whole second you have a six pack and stuff like that, right? A twelve pack or thirty six pack. Of course, light <laughs> America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's what we should we should fight America. Fuck yeah! Well. <laughs> on, the, on the title <laughs> fuck yeah America fuck yeah <laughs> that might well <laughs> if you let me put an asterisk for the like you or the or how about the C I'll put the asterisk for the C we could make that the title <laughs> I'd like to pull it up but I have a Wi-Fi problem oh no here we go that's weird having Wi-Fi problems so I yes I got a Wi-Fi extender for upstairs uh-huh. the weird thing is it's it's bullshit. Be, 
the thing I don't like about it is you're sitting here. You're six feet from my primary right. access point. If you hold down the option key and click on your Wi-Fi, the Mac, the the, the base station ID you're connected to starts with a 14 instead of a 10. Uh-huh. That's upstairs on the second floor. It's much weaker than the one you're six feet from. No, now I'm on... 10 or 14? The BSS ID. Zero. No. Let me see what you're looking at. The... You're not connected here, so... You're having having weird connection problems, which I haven't seen yet on any of my devices. Now I've lost connection, yeah. So, but, like, I'm sitting down here with my computer before I spilled beer in it. Somehow your computer was maintaining the... I'm not having the issue you're having, no. But I'm going to fix it, because the one thing I have noticed, I'm sitting here at my desk, I'm connected upstairs instead of the one that's six feet away, and I'm getting, like, weird latency problems out to the internet I can make the two Wi-Fi's different names like this can be called CBR2 uh-huh. and that one can be called CBR2 extension or something like that I want it to be called the same name because I just want to connect to whatever's strongest but it's not connecting to whatever's strongest for some reason it's connecting to the repeater and not the strongest so make it different names well sure but then there's a different management problem I have to deal with but I, it's probably what I'm going to have to do Yeah, I've got I've lost Wi-Fi, so so fuck Wi-Fi, fucking bullshit. Everything should be wired. We should have cables everywhere. I got a wire right here. You give me your jack. And I'll I plug. didn't. I didn't bring my whole. I'll stick my cable into your receptacle. I got a. I got I'm a gonna Mac. stick my cable into Mac. your receptacle. I got a mini. I'm gonna plug it in. Give you gigabit, gigabit deep, e- give me, internet. Give me that gigabit. Gigabit. I'll plug it in my hole. Gigabit. But you don't have a jack. No, I don't. You're a eunuch. <laughs> I have a jack, but it won't fit your <laughs> connector. <laughs> Just because you don't we, go that way doesn't mean it won't we fit. We fundamentally can't fit the connectors, therefore they should be made illegal. <laughs> we just don't fit together. Oh, boy. All right, so that's enough <laughs> for tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Assuming we survive these days coming. I mean, look at you spilled everything. I'm a mess. <laughs> I got the broken fucking network. I got to fix. Ugh. Yeah. You might be swallowed by your bed. Who knows what that thing will do after 10 days. Damn right? Casper. So. All right. Thanks for listening. I can't. Well, there's. So I. Well, actually, right. if you do buy a Casper. Let me double check. Is it a you, friendly mattress? So you can use one of the codes and get 50 bucks off. But if you use my referral, I think I get something too. So don't buy a Casper until you talk to me. I you, check. Well, we're going to have a CBR referral or just a Jeff Bear referral? It'll be a Jeff Bear referral. Oh. Well, we could we could inquire about a CBR referral if you think everyone's going to buy Caspers. No, I, I think that we, we're fine with the Amazon. But before you buy a Casper, instead of using like Security Now or Science Friday, uh, let me see if I can give you a referral and maybe I'll get some money. All right. Wait. Uh, wait for Jeff to give you an answer about how the Casper is. And then if he likes it, wait for his referral code that he's going to get from Oh, Casper. I could use it for. Oh my God. Can you imagine if I could like 50 bucks per person and like, like 10 people, like 
buy mattresses. It'd be sweet. You are such a fucking. You you are a horrible person. What you, you are an absolutely hard. You, you are the kind of guy who just wants to take advantage. No, of absolutely. I wouldn't do it unless I like the mattress. But you, I would you, not you, shill a shitty mattress. You wanted to do. You loved. You loved. What did I love? The uh, Eternal Earthbound Pets. You loved that shit. I. You were all over that shit. You were like, we should have done this. We can do this. You loved that shit. And it was just taking advantage of people. It was just taking money from people. It was a horrible. You were. You. That's different than mattresses. No, it's not different. It is different than mattresses. You're a horrible person for wanting to inflict that on people. People that would allow themselves to be inflicted deserve it. <laughs> no, they don't. That's the difference between you and good people. I, I said that tongue in cheek. I know, but that, but, but there was an aspect of truth there. <laughs> and and there, no, that's the difference between you and a, and a, and a person who legitimately cares about other people, regardless of what they believe in. <laughs> oh, you're an asshole. Um, no, I felt this way for a long time. I mean, this is why I always had the problem with the Eternal with Ben Pass. And this is where you're like, oh my God, think of the money I can make. It's like, who the fuck cares about the money you can make? The question is, are you doing the right thing or not? I hear you. I never did it. You're acting like I did it. Well, I, I feel like this tendency is, is getting into this whole, can I make the money off of the mattresses? No, I would not pitch the Casper mattress if it sucked. I will not pitch it unless I like it a okay. lot. Okay, right. as long as you, then I, I find it interesting that you're already fantasizing about what you can do with the money you can make from the Casper mattress. No, no, it was more of a moment of realization that like, hey, I might have a reach and I might be able to make some... <laughs> it wasn't a, hey, I can exploit the situation to make cash. It was, hey, I might be able to... Do you want to know why Bitcoin is horrible? Because this comes back to Bitcoin. Okay. It really does. Uh, because this is entirely the whole fucking thing with Bitcoin. It's seeing people as solely economic terms. That's all people are. This they're is simply economic. No. They're simply vessels of economics that I will eat. That How's that different to, than the Amazon referral link? The, we think that people's lives will be enriched by buying shit on Amazon, so they might as no, well we use us. No, we know people are using Amazon. We're just saying if you're using us, think about us. And, and I know that people are sleeping. And maybe they're looking for a mattress. Maybe they should buy this mattress. Okay, well that's fine if that's all. You, if, if that's what you really care about. But no, we're just saying. Look, hey, this is a great way to support us. You don't even have to do anything, and you, and you can support us. Right. That's fine. You're saying no. Support me. Give me money. <laughs> just no, no, I'm saying reason. hey, if you're looking for a mattress, uh huh, and you're gonna buy a Casper instead of supporting Science Friday, use this to support you. Not to support I'll something you put love. Put it in the fucking show people. if you want. I mean, I'll see if I can get a crafty radio referral. Well, yeah, like, exactly. But. I mean, support something, so not you. Don't enrich so, yourself. Enrich something that you enjoy. All right, enjoy. so your problem is that because the envelope that came with the mattress says, hey, if you can get referrals, we might give you some money. You know, instead of me using that, I need to go say, hey, I'm crafty radio. Give me a referral link. My problem is celebrating the fact that you're going to be taking money from people as opposed to celebrating the fact that money can be used another way it was a momentary realization of hey i'm actually talking to a thousand people see or you know, yeah and, and it was momentary realization hey i can get these people to give me money as opposed no, to hey i can get these people no, to support me they're not giving me money they're buying a mattress that supports i think you were looking at it with with dollar signs in your eyes no to, yeah i'm gonna make thousands of dollars no, you were selling at it fucking like, I'm casper mattresses. eight thousand dollars selling no. casper mattresses i'm gonna use that to i don't know to to, to buy jerk off magazines 
So you're jealous. You didn't think of it first. So you're no, that's exactly the problem. Is that you're you assume that when that is not at all the problem I have with it whatsoever. I'm assuming it. My I'm, problem is is that you would even you would even assume that of me. I'm playing. I am fucking playing. <laughs> there was a part of that that was true, and you no, know, it's not true. Nothing's been true since the. <laughs> you're an asshole. It's true. All I see in those Bitcoin stuff, all I used to see, I don't watch, don't view them anymore, but all I used to see is, is how people, how, how all interactions between people can be turned into purely economic terms. <laughs> it's, it's just gross. It's just gross. That's not what people are, that's not what society is about. Sure. It's not about exchanging money between people. I will not pitch the Casper mattress unless it is good. And fuck, I don't know what I'm going to say. Fuck you. Uh, I don't even know if there's a referral. It might be just be for the buyer. I don't know. I know in the envelope, it's like referrals are one of our best things. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's, it's okay. It's like the mechanic I go to doesn't advertise. His whole thing is word of mouth. Word of mouth is, is what gets us out. It's not, you know, the, the size of our ad in, in a. And yellow pages is word of mouth. So if you find somebody who needs a car, recommend us. And he does good work on my car, so that's what I do. Mm-hmm. When somebody you know needs a mechanic that's in my area, I recommend it. So what did you have to have replaced in your car? I never asked you. Oh, God, I have a list back home. Um, the, the, the big thing, the most expensive part were rocker panels. Rocker panels. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, then there was. Um, what the fuck's a rocker panel? It has to do with something underneath the, um, underneath the like the floorboards of the car. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, left and right rocker panels had to be replaced. Uh, the there were some tire rods and tie rods, tie rods, and. Uh, something to do with something, some some brake issue, and there were, there were a lot of things. I can bring the list next time. I I hope that Google's image search is not what rocker rocker panels are, because you just. Some shiny things that go on the bottom of the door. No, yeah, that, that, that's what they are. There's stuff that goes on the bottom of the door. They were all rusted through, and then okay. they, and I had to get them right in order for them to pass inspection. Right. Okay. Couldn't you just go to the junkyard and buy a couple doors. Well, no. That, well, that was the thing is is that he initially did look for that, but okay. they were too rusted through to to use a spare, so he had to get new ones. Hmm. Because he 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 always goes for when he can get them. Right. The stuff from you know. The stuff from the junkyard, if you can. Huh. Do you get shiny chrome rocker panels then? No. No, I did not. You paid four grand, do you get shiny chrome rocker panels? I didn't pay four grand for the rocker panels. I paid, first of all, three about 3.2 grand for the entire car, and the rocker mm-hmm. panels are about 800 bucks at that. Okay. Tie rods, remember what else? Tie rods. Uh, there were some... There was, like I said, some brake thing that I'm not sure exactly what it was. Um, something to do with clips, some sort of clips. 
Okay. Not a car guy. Okay. If this was quantum mechanics, I'd tell you all the fuck about it. I'd tell you every single aspect of it, and you'd be fucking bored out of your mind. I have no idea how cars work. I mean, I know how they work, but I don't know how they, you know, all the fucking mechanics. Clips. Clips yeah. are very important. No, there, there, there were some sort of clips. That they, you know, the, the clips themselves are not, you know, mm-hmm. they were like 20, 30 bucks each or something. Two of them wasn't a big deal, but it just had to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just, it was all this shit that had to be done. It was not a bunch of shit that was like, oh my God, the car is going to blow up. It was just a bunch of little shit that had to right. And the rest of the money was on the rental car. 800 bucks for the rental car. Right. Huh. I'm surprised. I didn't realize it was that rusty. Who the fuck knows? I don't yeah. know. She just like put some paper mache on there, painted it. They would never know. Oh yeah. This is a good mechanic, not a not a mechanic who is gonna <laughs> do shady shit. But he, 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 he got me as much as he can off of it. He even mm-hmm. took some off for the, for the amount of time I spent with the rental car. But he didn't. You know, he didn't. Right. Do less than what was needed on the car. No. So. Hopefully, get another couple of years out of the car. That's the that's the hope, right? It is that this this you know this is not going to be something I'm not going to spend four thousand dollars on my car. Again. I'm going to. You know, this, this is the last time I spend this kind of money on this car. Mm-hmm. But it's better than having a car payment and all the other shit that goes with it. No, absolutely. I mean, I got a you know Honda, right? I mean, yeah, I'm going to keep using the Honda until. The average monthly repair bill costs more than a car payment. Right. You know, at that point, time to get a new car. But until then, and hopefully I have another five or six years, I'm going to drive that shitty old Civic forever. And hey, we, the cool thing is we got away with having a rental car go all the way down to DC and back. So that was mm-hmm. you know, nice. It did the stretch. Got good gas car. mileage, man. Got great gas mileage. That thing was. <laughs> a little Nissan, Nissan, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it was, it was it got great gas. It was like thirty five miles a gallon, something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I get like sixteen out of my car. Yeah, part of me, you know, I drove the way home. I, part of me wanted to hypermile it and see if I could like. And then part of me just wanted to get the fuck home. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, which do I do? And it's such a long drive. It's like if you're not driving seventy five, there's no point in doing it at all. So. Yeah, um, it, I had to take basically it, it, to get to Hershey was essentially twice that drive because you're going down to. to Brentwood, and then you keep going for another 100 miles. So, mm-hmm. ugh, what a gross drive. Just that's oh, so boring. Ugh. There's nothing going on, there's nothing interesting happening. Yeah, boring ass drive. So, why did you guys arrive at Hershey Park? I'm curious. I think it was a situation where they wanted kind of a, a Disney compromise of sorts. <laughs> Uh, but also to, to make it a family thing. I think right. I, I don't have any other answer to it. I don't know. I don't know what the logic behind Hershey Park was. I mean, that's still what... Did they drive from Boston or did they fly? They flew into BWI and got picked up by my parents. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense then. Kind of centrally located. Yeah. It seemed like if they were coming from Boston... it. It was a reach to yeah. still, I guess, somewhat central, but, uh, you know, your parents and you definitely won on that deal if they drove from No, no yeah, they didn't drive from Boston. <laughs> they, they flew. Right. So, yeah. And they took two cars up. 
so that helped too. So they weren't okay. all stuffed in one car. Right. Cool. Those cows, those cows are awesome. Those cows. Those singing animatronic fucking cows. It's all about the milk. No, it's not. It's not about the milk. It's not about the milk at all. It's not about the singing cows. It's it's about yeah. marketing fucking boring chocolate. It's a, it's a nine minute ride. I have the whole thing recorded. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna play it. It's okay. all about the milk. Yeah. Um, so, so in the in the gift shop, we actually found the one little kiosk where they had the like artisanal chocolate. And you might remember when we came back and we drank ate uh-huh. that Dagobah chocolate and stuff that was at that event. Okay. I bought some of that chocolate at the gift shop. At you the know, gift the, shop, did it, did in the gift shop, the tiny, but in the tiny little corner where it wasn't yeah. Hershey Hershey's milk chocolate. It's all about the milk. The whole thing was. I mean, I don't know if it's changed since, we, but the whole thing was basically one big gift shop, and there was there was a place you go to to. to get in the line for the factory tour but the rest of it was a gigantic gift shop I seem to recall you got in line for the tour and it wasn't in the gift shop and then they dumped you into this giant huge gift shop I believe then they remodeled it because now it's essentially in order you go you walk I mean it's just a gift shop it's just a big giant gift shop with now they have plushies and all types of shit and uh, it's not just chocolate you know and then you, you yeah, you, you, you walk out and they give you like little Kit Kat bars as you walk out. Uh, I don't know if they did that. No. And now they give you free like little tiny, you know, mini Kit Kats. Fun size. Not Hershey's chocolate? It was Kit Kats when we did it both times. Huh. Uh, and Blasphemy. It's still a Hershey product. <laughs> and then and then you walk out, but it's basically into the same wide area you were and there's just chocolate and plushy toys and shit everywhere okay. to give you an example of, of what we're dealing with there were these balls that you drop them down and they light up uh, that you get in the dollar store and they were $14 mm-hmm. there so that gives you an idea what kind of <laughs> what kind of a deal you're talking about there was about. a trademark silk screened on it Her probably, probably. On. that's worth 12 bucks right there <laughs> they were bigger than the dollar store ones were about the size of a fist these are about the size of a volleyball I guess Oh, well, yeah. well size. So, blinky ball. Like a $5. Sweet. Damn. All right. All right. We're out. <laughs>